Too many of us think social media is just a place to post ads or facts about our accounting firm, but it is actually a place you need to converse and engage. Sometimes you need to start the conversation. If you just post content to social, then you are not doing that. Welcome to the Media Books Podcast, the only place on the internet where creative accounting isn't a bad thing. Owning a virtual firm today means having a professional and modern online presence. And in this podcast, we talk about how to do just that. My name is Kristen Corey, and I'm the owner of Media Books, a media agency that provides creativity exclusively to accounting firms. And if you're an accounting firm owner, you're in the right place. Let's get into it. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Media Books podcast. On this podcast episode, we are going to be talking about whether your admin should do your accounting firm's marketing. Occasionally, we have accounting firms ask us about bringing in their admin or a staff member to help with their marketing. Sometimes they want to bring the cost down. Sometimes their staff has already been involved in the marketing and they want to like help us optimize. Sometimes they are the point of contact between us and the firm and we partner to create a more robust marketing strategy. No matter the reason, if you have someone in your firm helping out with marketing, but they do not have a marketing background, here are a couple questions and processes you can ask and go over to make sure that they are the right person for the job. But first, here is a quick headline we got to talk about. Now, this headline is a prime example of how nothing we do on the internet is private. Nothing. But before I get into that, I want to share an experience I had with a client last year. We were composing email campaigns for this client and they asked we segment out the campaigns. Now, this is pretty normal. We will segment campaigns to individual clients versus business clients. This way, individuals are not getting a bunch of like tips on how to do bookkeeping for your business and open up, you know, business bank account. And so the client asked if we could segment out the email campaigns even further based on their client's tax information. Now, something felt a little bit off about this. So... I looked into it more and based off the FTC's spam act, at a minimum, we would have to disclose the use of this information in the firm's privacy policy. Now, my client ended up wanting to talk to a lawyer and go through all these steps, uh, but we ended up not going through this. And I saw this headline and it immediately brought me back to this story. It is from Going Concern and it is titled, Senators Get Angry at Incompetent Tax Prep Firms for Sharing Sensitive Taxpayer Data with Facebook. As always, titles are a little misleading, but to sum up the article, online tax prep agencies like H&R Block, TurboTax used Facebook Pixel on their website and it was pulling taxpayer information for targeting ads. Side note, if you're unfamiliar with what Facebook Pixel is, at a very basic level, it is essentially a connection a business can make between their website and Facebook or like parentheses meta. They will track when visitors show up on your website and then when they later go to Facebook, they will see ads 
for your product or services. This is why when you Google search for something, you will probably see ads later in that day for that specific thing. So a bunch of these online tax prep agencies use this pixel for their websites to pull taxpayer information and very detailed taxpayer information like AGI, filing status, refund amounts, details. Now, clearly this information should not be shared without people's consent, but I am curious whether it was even mentioned to a degree in their privacy policy. How many of us sign terms and conditions without actually reading them? How many of us use website tracking apps? Most of us do, whether you realize it or not. Even going concern, they quote in the article, uh, urged by Congress to explain what exactly the quote F they thought they were doing, the tax prep companies describe pixel use as ubiquitous and common industry practice. It's true that nearly every website on the planet uses some kind of tracking code. Going concern uses Google Analytics, for example. However, the senators said it was particularly reckless for online tax prep entities to use them on pages where tax return information is entered. The tax prep firms were shockingly careless with their treatment of taxpayer data, they said. So if you're thinking, oh, I don't use any, you know, pixel or tracking data. If you use Google Google Analytics, you do. Now, Obviously, these companies are big enough to have security teams where they can make sure all this information is secure, but it does show that what one person considers private, another person may not. Or better yet, a business may feel it is okay to move private information within their business for the sake of business. So do you use Metapixel? Do you use Google Analytics? Do you use heat mapping tools like Hotjar on your website? If so, it's important to know whether this is also disclosed in your privacy policy. Do you even have a privacy policy? Now, I am a marketer. I am not a lawyer or a security expert. So if you see headlines like this and you are not confident with how your tech stack works together, it may be worth considering contacting an expert. Your website, email campaigns, and tax prep data are all stored on different websites. So, I mean, I'm assuming, probably. You aren't a tech company, but if you are using any of these tools, it is important you know how they work together. Even even it's at a basic level, it's important that you as a business owner understand. Also worth noting, I have all of these articles in the show notes if you would like to dig into them further. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, whenever we are hired to do some marketing for an accounting firm, we sometimes will have a like point of contact, accountant, or admin person we work with, um, to get the marketing done. Sometimes we do the heavy lifting and they provide support. Sometimes they are the communication between us and everyone else in the office. This can sometimes be like super helpful, um, but other times it can make things challenging depending on how the tasks are divided up. The whole point of this episode is to help you, the firm owner, better understand how these duties should be divided or whether your admin is prepared to take over. 
I have been in marketing for seven years. A lot of people assume the youngest person in the office can manage social media or a lot of the work that we do, like scheduling content, is easy time filler work. But there is strategy behind what we do and how we do it. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about some of that strategy to help you see behind the curtain and why these things matter. And for just the convenience of this episode, I'm going to use the word admin throughout this episode, but typically that is the person in the firm, um, who this is typically who the firm enlists to help out with the work. But this could be like another accountant on your team. This could be a friend, a family member, um, whoever you're considering uh, getting to help out with the marketing. So we're going to start with a few questions to ask your admin um, areas to go over, and then we're going to talk about processes and procedures you should have in place. So the first thing is questions to ask your admin. First question is, what is a reliable source of information? If your admin does not have an accounting background, it is important you review where uh, where it is and is not appropriate to pull information from. This is actually an issue that we found when interviewing content creators with no accounting background. They would sometimes quote sources that were not reliably, were, I'm sorry, that were unreliable, um, but they were written by anonymous blog writers on other accounting firms' websites. So we need to make sure that whenever we publish content, it is accurate. Um, it's difficult for people to know if they don't have that accounting background. I, for example, why would you not want to pull tax deadlines from an accounting article that was published years ago by an accounting firm? Um, is TurboTax a reliable source of information? Spoiler alert, it's not. (laughs) And I have three years of studying reg to thank for that. But knowing kind of all these nuances is going to be important and making sure that when you, ever you publish information, you're improving your credibility. Um, now, I mean, having said that, these can be good places like TurboTax or a random accounting firm's website to get inspiration for content, but you're not going to want to rely on them when you are trying to pull technical information like tax deadlines, tax credits, mileage rates, um, Anything that can change from one year to the next, it can be difficult to spot. It can be difficult to know if you're not in the industry, um, especially for years and kind of seeing how things ebb and flow. But a good way to kind of combat this is if you are ever talking about numbers, tax credits, mileage rates, dates, uh, a good way to always check this is to know what reliable sources are available. And so if you see something like tax deadlines on, you know, a blog article from another accounting firm, go also to the IRS website and just double check them and confirm. And that way you can use the IRS website as your source and not this other accounting firm's information. Second question you want to ask is how are we engaging on social media? One way we used to help lower our marketing fees was to allow our clients to manage their own social media accounts. However, the assumption here is that they would take care of scheduling, but not just take care of scheduling, but also manage their social media accounts. And managing your account is so much more than just scheduling content. You have to put the social in social media 
Too many of us think social media is just a place to post ads or facts about our accounting firm, but it is actually a place you need to converse and engage. Sometimes you need to start the conversation. If you just post content to social, then you are not doing that. Make sure whoever you are putting in charge of your social media has a plan for being social. And then last question is, where are you pulling images from? Marketing has a lot less legal compliance than accounting, but as you heard during our news segment, there are still plenty of rules that we need to follow. Um, Like, where can you pull images from? Do they understand that you cannot pull images from anywhere on social media? Not even Google. You can't just Google search an image and use that image. There are certain settings and tools. You have to make sure it's labeled for reuse. Part of our web design process is asking our clients to make a mood board on Pinterest to help us sort of envision what you want your website to look like. And I always have to preface this conversation with, this is for internal purposes only. We cannot actually use any of these Pinterest images for your website. Even if there's one that you really like, some may be labeled for reuse, but it is a lot of work to track that image down, track the source, make sure no one stole that image. And to do that for every single image and pull them from Pinterest, it's just, it's incredibly difficult. So instead, highly recommend considering stock photo websites, um, Dano, Unsplash, Pexels. These all have great stock photo websites that you can use on your website. Um, And I highly recommend kind of checking those out. Those will be linked in the show notes. Having said that, actual brand photos will always be king though. Try to get those first and use those first. Next section I want to talk about is procedures, processes to have in place um, before your admin takes over. These two that I'm going to talk about, they're two general processes that we have and It's typically when a lot of things fall through the cracks during one of these processes. So you want to be really detailed, um, have your expectations list out, have a list of things to check with each one. And the first process is whenever you are posting something to social media, which sounds like, oh gosh, you have a whole checklist for that. But I mean, once you get kind of used to it, you'll settle into it. But you do want to make sure that these are habits that are developing. So what checks need to be done before a social media post goes out? are the right hashtags being used? Do you reference a link or a link in your bio? Is the right link being used? Is the right link available? If it's a link in your bio, have you updated the link in your bio? If you have a carousel video or GIF, how are you going to post that content? Not all scheduling apps allow that kind of content. And so if you're using, you know, Buffer or Facebook Meta, I think Facebook Meta actually allows everything. Um, But if you're using, you know, a scheduling app, you want to make sure that some of that more technical content can go out as it should. How do you make sure content goes out at the right time? Important deadlines, time-sensitive posts. This is so crucial with accounting. There's so many times we're posting, you know, hey, this deadline's coming up. Hey, you need to think about this. How do we make sure it's going out at the right day? And you also want to make sure it's going out at the right time of day. A lot of social media content has a short shelf life. So you want to make sure you're posting at an optimized time. If your strategy focuses on Instagram, do you need to consider what your feed will look like? 
with how your posts are arranged. If you post from a personal LinkedIn account, who is going to manage the technical content, questions, all these things should be considered ahead of time. Second process that you want to consider is events, whether you do in-person or virtual events, or honestly, it's just a promotion. You should have a list of places that you need to update. First and foremost, your website. Do you have a pop-up, announcement bar, landing page? If you use Squarespace, this is insanely easy. Number two, email campaigns. You want to make sure you're always talking about it in your email campaigns and then also social media. So like I said earlier, if you talk about an event in social media and you reference like a link in bio or a link below, make sure the link works. Make sure your link in bio has been updated. What needs to be done in preparation for an event? So for example, if it's a webinar, do you need a cover image? Do you need emails prepared to notify attendees that the event is starting? How about emails to go out after the event ends? Do you have branded slides? These are all little things that you can do ahead of time just to prepare, make sure everything runs smoothly, and then also create a checklist for every event to make sure um, to update all your marketing assets, not only just before, but also after. So many of us forget to do this after the event. You'll find months later that you're promoting event, promoting an event that already ended. Your website is the foundation of your marketing. And if you're trying to market or grow your online accounting firm without a virtual office front, you're missing out on optimizing your business. Host job descriptions, showcase all your services, host a podcast, sell digital products, provide affiliate resources, or simply let people get to know your team better. If you have a vision for your website, but no one to help you build it, start your research by visiting our website. There you will find user-friendly apps, resources, and website templates all designed to help you build your accounting firm's website. And be sure to check out our custom web design services where I work right alongside you to build your virtual office front. Find it all at mediabooksagency.com. Mediabooks, the only place on the internet where creative accounting isn't a bad thing.